All right. Uh, hello, uh, creepies and crawlies out there. Thank you for tuning into the Devil's Cut podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Young, and with me today, as always, is my co-host, Eric Rossi. Hey, how you doing today? I'm splendid. Splendid? I'm very splendid. excited always to good. talk about the movie we saw today. I'm very excited to start this podcast, and yeah, just all around fucking amped. Yeah, very excited. Um, so, uh, the movie we're discussing today is the uh, 2022 uh, release, Barbarian. Uh, the first, it's like the first uh, big, you know, now that it's September, um, it's it's officially spooky season because Halloween starts September first. Um, obviously everyone knows that. So it's I'd say this is like the first big big release of of the Halloween season. Yeah, I think it's definitely our our, our first step into uh, the October movie calendar. We got a couple things moving forward over the next few weeks that are definitely gonna put us right into that mood. And then for oh yeah, well I mean we have actual Halloween coming. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we are sh- strapped in for a very very. Uh, it's gonna be a bu- over, it's gonna be a busy month. Overstimulating. Yeah, season. yeah, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be busy. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's uh, just hop into our our first Im- our first impressions. Uh, uh, without no- spoiler free for anybody who's listening who might be interested in in seeing the movie first, but maybe they just want to get a little taste. Uh, how did you How did you like it? What What did you think about the movie without giving anything away? Uh, I I went into it. I think like most people, pretty uh, unassuming, not really knowing a whole lot about it. They kept, I think, a lot of this story under wraps. Uh, so I was just going in with a very open mind. Uh, a lot of the advertising was saying that it was the scariest movie in years, and you know, like me and you kind of talked about, they a lot of the trailers had those like audience reactions where, you know, people are jumping in their seats and these like night vision camera mode shots of the audience and that always gets me that always puts my ass right in the seat yeah yeah just like old, old uh paranormal activity style trailers where it's just night vision shots of the crowd and their popcorns flying all over the yeah. place they're so terrified <laughs> so so stupid but i it, you're right it does it does grip you it makes you really you're like i gotta go see that movie but i i think with you know a pretty clean slate uh, as far as expectations, I was very satisfied with uh, almost everything about this movie. Uh, I I had a very um, less than ideal theater experience, but I, I thought the movie was a lot of fun. Uh, I Halfway through, I was like, I don't really know if they're going to bring this one home. And by the time that I was walking out of it, I was like, I feel like this movie was made for me. This is exactly what I wanted to see today. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It is pretty impressive because as somebody who who really takes negative theater experiences to heart, uh, to, that you could walk out of it and still like the movie, even with your experience in the theater being shitty. That I think that's a testament to how how sweet this movie is. 
Yeah, I, and I, you know, I really, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I liked it from start to finish. Uh, uh, I, I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic horror movie. Uh, it, I don't think it did anything too groundbreaking. I just think it, it had a plan that it set out to accomplish, and it did it, you know, passed with flying colors. Uh, it, it was just a real tight, fun. It, like interesting it was certainly twisty um but it's it just i just it was just nice fun creepy it, ha- it had a little bit of everything uh that 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 a horror fan could want um it was a little gross but not like too gross it was uh scary but not like too scary it was funny i i, I loved it i had a great time yeah, I, I would say it's probably like a, a medium gross. I saw a lot of people on Twitter like the days before saying it was a real nasty, and I would say it's just like a little nasty. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely a little little nasty, but not real nasty. But I also saw, I also saw a lot of people drawing comparisons to Malignant, which is kind of funny to me because like I don't. Like, I, I guess, like, yeah, it's a September release. It's about a year out from when Malignant came out. So it, that's kind of on everyone's brain, too. And it's definitely got, like, a flavor of weirdness, like Malignant. But I just, I think there's some more accurate comparisons to make that I th- we'll get into on the spoiler end. We're not going to go into any spoilers uh, yet. When we do, we'll let you guys know. Uh, we'll give you a nice like stopping point for anybody who... Because I do, I do recommend going into this movie. I, I think you could agree with me. With as little context as possible. Yeah, honestly, I don't even... I don't even think viewing the trailer is going to give you any sense of clarification on whether or not you're going to want to see this movie. Um oh yeah i mean you can watch uh, listeners you can go watch the trailer the barbarian trailer will not spoil anything for you it it gives you sort of the 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 elevator pitch for the first 15 percent of the movie maybe uh but but beyond that like you're not really going to get anything from the trailer so i would recommend you know if if you want like a little bit more of a reason to see it check out the trailer you're not gonna it's not gonna take anything away from the experience maybe don't go see it with your mom i'll say that (laughs) i don't know i'd see it with my mom not that i did see it with my mom but i'm you know just think just thinking contextually maybe don't go see it with your mom i'd take sue who knows you know she she, (laughs) she might have fun um all right, so let's yeah, let's get into uh, some of the uh, the crunchier research side of things. So, Barbarian, twenty twenty two, directed by Zach Krager uh, of uh, Whitest Kids You Know fame. It's literally the only thing I know him fr- uh, 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 know about him or his yeah. work. He's from Whitest Kids You Know. He's the 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 first thing that comes to mind is he's the guy who in the the grapist uh skit he he's the one he's the one who just (laughs) is so concerned about uh (laughs) the businessman concerned about the 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 implications of of graping somebody in the mouth 
Uh, it, for anyone who doesn't know, the whitest kids you know is like a uh, comedian group. Are they Canadian? Where are they from? I uh, well, you know, I don't quote me, but yeah, I believe they're Canadian. Uh, but they had a uh, a pretty pretty decent run um, TV show. I think it was on Fuse TV, right? It was like a music I mean, channel. Sure. Uh, short sure. Music we'll say it's on cable. Fuse. But they were really funny. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure he was the uh, drug addict friend. They did like a liquid PCP sketch once about like two friends catching up and one is like a total, total wasteoid, like just running his life into the ground. But he's like kind of talking to him like, yeah, man, like, you know, just doing liquid PCP, getting through my day, sold my baby earlier, no big deal. And the guy's like, you sold your baby. Wow. <laughs> But I, I I didn't realize that he was attached to this movie um, until afterwards. So, like, I think this movie definitely has, like, a very comedic stripe throughout between just the general writing, the dialogue, and, like, some of the uh, more bizarre elements. Well, yeah, well, I mean, more than uh, attached, I mean, he wrote and directed the, the film um and yeah so i i i for like a, a a horror debut i think pretty pretty strong showing right out of the gate i uh, i do i do hope he i i was we both watched an interview uh with him where he i he said he would be more than willing to do a, another horror movie uh relatively soon and i hope i hope that does happen hope this gets enough buzz um but yeah, so uh, written, directed by Zach Krager, uh, starring uh, Georgina Campbell, who I have written in my notes here. I don't know. I looked her up on IMDb. I don't know anything she's in except for she's in Krypton, which I've not watched. I just am aware of that show. She was also in an episode of Black Mirror, the one episode that I have not seen. So uh, I, I saw her. She actually has a couple uh, parts in a series uh, in Cake, which is like a, a, a bunch of shorts that are put together into a show. Uh, she's in the portion called Oh Jerome No about this guy who has like dating issues. And uh, I'm pretty sure she plays one of his girlfriends. From what I remember, she was pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, if if her performance in this movie is any indicator, she she's great in whatever she's in because she was fantastic in this movie. She she sold that role one hundred percent. She she was really good. Um, also, the another star in the film, uh, albeit short lived, uh, Bill Skarsgård, our our resident creepy clown, everybody's favorite uh, <laughs> uh, horror boy. I think he was. I think he was a perfect, perfect choice for this movie. I think he did a, uh, an amazing job of reeling everybody in. Yeah, for sure. For reasons we'll get into in the in the spoiler side of things, because there's a, a. I think that casting was pretty pretty inspired. Um, Justin Long, as you said, is also in this film, and uh, I I was talking about it the other day to somebody. I, I I feel like it, it, he Justin Long is like a good metric. Uh, it's a way to measure if he shows up in your horror movie, you've got a decent chance uh, uh, of success because 
every couple years a horror movie will come out and Justin Long will pop up in it and it's a fantastic horror movie. You know, he he start he started with uh um Jeepers Creepers, a fantastic movie. Problematic uh on the production side, but the original Jeepers Creepers is very good. And then uh you've got Drag Me to Hell, you've got Tusk, now you've got this movie. I'm sure there's others that I'm forgetting, but if you got Justin Long involved, I feel like you're you're on the right track. Especially if he's playing a dismissive, misogynistic, asshole, terrible human being. Because I feel like in every, in Tusk, in Dragon of <laughs> Hell, he's just like a very easy white man to hate on. Yeah, he really, he, he plays, he, he makes you hate him very easily. True, so uh, it, it's, it's a mark of a good actor. Um, we also have Richard Brake, uh, who plays a character who's not introduced until about halfway through the movie. Um, but he's got kind of a horror, uh, uh, resume going on. He was in, uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween 2. He's going to be in Monsters. He was in Doom. And actually, he was the original Night King in Game of Thrones before he, they recast the Night King for the final three seasons. Yeah, I he could was, see it in the face. I could see yeah. him pulling that off. Yeah, he was the original Night King. They recast him for the final three seasons, but uh, Richard Brake played the uh, the first incarnation of him. Um, I think more recently, too, he was the alchemist in Mandy, for anyone who's seen Mandy. The Nicolas Cage vehicle. <laughs> wow, was he? I didn't realize. I didn't realize he was in Mandy too. Yeah, so he's got a he's got a heck of a horror pedigree. Um, and then uh, another actor named Matthew Patrick Davis, who we'll we'll talk about when we get into the spoiler section because it's kind of hard to bring him up uh, before now. Um, but he was in one episode of Community, and uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I knew him from. <laughs> Uh, he was in lots of other things, but the only thing I recognized it from was one episode of Community. But we'll talk about him uh, when we get to a specific point in this movie. Um, but yeah, uh, the I, I you know we, we you and I both uh, listened to some interviews. We read some articles. We caught up on some of the background behind this movie. Um, uh, I'm interested in how you feel about the again without giving anything away, um, uh, like the the theming and the you know kind of like motifs in this movie. After watching that interview uh, with most of the main cast and the director, uh, you know he kind of talked about a portion of it where he was like drawing inspiration, like how he kind of like got into writing the movie. And he was talking about how he was reading a book that made him aware of all of, like, the weird kind of, like, social red flags that men give off uh, in certain settings that they either are not aware are, like, kind of creepy or, like, just make people on edge or things that could be argued are coming from a good place but in reality are like kind of creepy and off-putting and like make people on edge and he was talking about how he wanted to like front load a uh yeah 
I guess, a scene with, like, as many of those red flags as he could. Mm-hmm. And then kind of explore all of that type of those type of interactions throughout the movie. And I think he did an amazing job. I think, you know, as, as heavy handed as it is in like the first few scenes, uh, I, I think you could argue that the rest of the movie really still plays on those exact same like tropes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, I, I I'm finding, I'm finding it kind of difficult to, to talk about it without just being able to f- like fully discuss the, uh, the entire movie and in like the context so do we want to just like just go on to the uh yeah i think it's the 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 spoiler spoiler content i I I think everybody i think they're ready i think yeah 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 i think so 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 uh for anybody who's listening who has not if you have not seen this movie yet uh i recommend stopping the podcast now uh go to yeah, whatever local movie theater is playing this, watch it, then come back, uh, and then we can we you can finish listening to us uh, discuss it. Um, or if you just don't care and you just want to let us tell you everything it, uh, about the movie, that's fine. But I do highly recommend you check this out for yourself. But anyway, so starting now, we're in spoiler territory. All right, so wh- whatever we say can cannot be held against us. Yeah, and it, it if you haven't seen it, you just just buckle up because uh, you're gonna have a, a bit of a, a, a walk through the park till we get to the real meat of this thing. Right, right. Uh, all right. So yeah, the movie starts off. Uh, it's 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 a pretty standard premise you know the the, what we're like met with up front is a uh a a double booked airbnb it's a stormy night um our our main character uh tess kind of roll rolls up to her she's she's in detroit for a uh she's traveled there for a job interview uh that's coming up uh, she's booked an Airbnb. She pulls up. It's a, it's dark and stormy. Uh, you really all you you get this really cool shot um, when she pulls up. Uh, you can't see anything uh, in, in the environment besides like the interior of her car and the like light uh, on on the the house that she's staying at. So you really can't see anything else but like her. Yeah, and there's the house. no street lights at all, right? Like it's completely dark. Other than the no, porch. it's no, yeah. Yeah, it's it it like honestly looks like you're on like a set of like a like a stage play or something. Uh it, it's it's very it's it's really interesting. It's cool looking. Um and so yeah, so our girl Tess, she pulls up uh she goes to um oh, and just for I don't know if you caught this during the movie, but the so the the street that the house is on is called Barbary Street. Yes. Um and so she pulls up to the house on Barbary Street, um, and she goes to enter. She has like it's like what it's an Airbnb, so it's got like a a little like key code lock that has the key to the house inside. The key doesn't work. She can't get in. She tries to call the, uh, the owner of the Airbnb. She doesn't get an answer. Uh, but then eventually, like a light comes on in the house, and there's you know a figure moving inside. And this so it starts 
the the creepiness starts immediately right like you you see there's a guy inside and you're like oh great there's a dude in there like what's gonna happen yeah and it's not like a normal looking dude because bill skarsgård answers the door with his wandering eye and his weird mouth (laughs) pennywise himself opens the door and i mean here Obviously, Bill Skarsgård is a very attractive man, and he doesn't look like a murderous clown, you know, when he's not in that makeup. But we just, like, we've been trained at this point to just assume he's up to no good. Oh, yeah, we've been conditioned. Yeah. you know, it kind of puts it kind of puts them both in a weird spot, too, because it's like, all right, I'm supposed to be here. There's nobody else supposed to be here. Why is this guy here? So that's kind of like your first, like, red flag for Tess. She's like, all right this is creepy this isn't supposed to be here like i'm supposed to be totally alone and now i have i am completely alone in the dark in the middle of the night with nowhere to go and this guy is in my airbnb right she's like well what am i supposed to do uh you know she's she's very uh, you know uh, uneasy uh, understandably uh and this is where that stuff you were talking about uh eric comes up uh the interview with um uh, with the, the director, with Zach Krager, um, he, the the book it, 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 that he was referencing that you were talking about, um, I believe is, uh, what was it called? It was called the the Gift of Fear, um, which is a it, it's, uh, like you were saying, it's kind it, it kind of details the 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 little seemingly innocuous like interactions that like men tend to have with women um that to them seem innocent but you know women are in you know in in the world as a whole like they're always they have to be assessing situations for for signs of danger just at any given moment you know any kind of interaction with a man has to there's like some degree of like how's this going to turn out for me yeah there's like a fine line between like okay this is a fairly you know mundane innocuous interaction where as you know one half of it one half of the mentality is like oh like you know it's i'm just trying to be friendly i'm just trying to show you that like i'm i'm not an axe murderer but at the same time, it's the exact sort of play that an axe murderer would do to, you know, disarm you and kind of like, you know, really into the web and kind of like, yeah, let me get a little bit closer. Why don't you try this? Why don't we do that? Why don't you tell me this information? Why don't we just go over here and isolate you? <laughs> right. Like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. Right, like, no, I'm not gonna axe murder you. You know, me? it's so. Who me? Bill um, Skarsgård. Right, uh, and so in that interview, uh, Craiger sort of um, details how he, you know, read about all these like tons and tons of these different little like uh, phrases that men tend to use around women, um, uh, and and little gestures that they make and like you said he he the the initial conceit of this movie was when it was just a short story he was writing it was that he wanted to just like create a scene between a man and a woman and just put 
as many of these red flags that he called it like as possible into a scene and just see where it went. <laughs> Which I think is like such a fantastic uh, uh, springboard for a for a for a movie. Like it's it's the way he the way he approaches it is is like really creative. Um, and uh, it just feels like there's like a lot of thought put into. It. Yes, eventually, once he gets she gets invited inside and kind of like gets a look around and sees that she's not you know in any immediate danger you know they get to talking he introduces himself he says how you know i'm keith uh then he then that's kind of like where a lot of these things start popping up so he's like i'm keith she says oh i'm tess and he compliments like oh you have a pretty name and she's kind of like all right yeah like whatever like i don't know like that's a weird weird way to Right? Like, what is, yeah, what is she supposed to do with that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, where do I go with that? Um, and things like he makes, you know, he, he brings it up later because we get, like, this long, drawn-out scene. I don't even know how long uh, this intro to the to this film is, um, but it's this long, slow burn of a scene um, with, with, with Tess and Keith trying to figure out what they're going to do, you know, for the night, you know, who's going to sleep where, like, what's the situation going to be? Uh, Keith tries to, she, he, he makes her tea. Um, and then later on, he, there, there's like a part where after she gets out of like the bathroom, he has like the table set, like she comes around the corner and he's just sitting at the table, two glasses of, uh, two wine glasses out. The, uh, he has this like bottle ready to go. And it's just like the whole time you're like, I cannot tell if this guy is bad or not. Like, I can't tell if he's going to if he's actually trying to murder her. And I think what's so great about it, too, is that he is very self-aware, right? Like he understands pretty much immediately, like how uncomfortable the situation is for her. And he is trying to, like, make these accommodations to make her feel more comfortable but it just makes her feel more and more like suspicious and kind of weird and eventually they do get talking and uh they she mentions like her job interview and like what it's for and they have a lot of uh they find some common ground between each other that kind of disarms her and she does eventually relent and like yeah you know let's open this bottle of wine let's get chit chat and he's some sort of like art collective uh member where they're scouting locations to set up uh new uh living situations and like some sort of experimental communities that they're trying to put together and yeah it's one of those one of those horror movie uh made up jobs that like nobody actually has you know like it would just just give him something and Give him, give him a job that nobody's gonna like be able to look yeah, up or yeah, like, like talk four about. Four people yeah. in the world. Um, but, <laughs> but, but no, yeah, that, but that scene is, you're, you're right. Um, he is self aware because he even says she comes out and he was like, oh, I saw that you, <laughs> you didn't drink your tea, and I totally get it. Like he, he, you know, he's not mad that she, he doesn't like come across as like offended that she didn't drink the tea. He's like, and I totally get it. Like you don't know me. And he goes like, I, I set up these glasses, but I didn't open the bottle of wine because 
I, I didn't think that you would want to drink it if you didn't see me open it. You know, he's very aware that like he like he looks like he could be trying to like fucking date date raper, you know, like, yeah, to the point where he like circle talks himself and he's like, yeah, so I put out the glasses and I didn't want you to see that the wine was open so that you might be suspicious. Like I figured if you were right. going to have any like blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then and then after that, it, like, you know, at first you're like, oh, OK, this makes. But then he keeps talking and then you're like, well, now it's creepy all over again. So now I still don't know how I feel about you, Keith. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting uh, kind of like touch and go dynamic where they're both like trying to feel out the borders of like what is wildly inappropriate and just kind of like all right don't come off as a total nut job uh you know let's get through the night sort of deal yeah exactly um and then so eventually uh the night like sort of winds down uh, Keith has offered to sleep on the couch. He gives Tess uh, the bedroom. Oh, that's why they were, um, you know, waiting around so long and drinking wine because she had to. She said she had a a thing about clean sheets, so they had to wash the bedding, and so that's where they get that couple hours of uh, of laundry to like uh, learn more about each other. And you're right. So he ends up being some sort of like artist that is actually connected with uh, her with Tess's um sort sort of like she's she's in town for like a research position for like a documentary um he's like part of a local Detroit art collective um so they have like sort of this commonality they they've got things to talk about she so she loosens up and that's what like makes her comfortable enough to like actually go to sleep <laughs> for the night a, a, a thing to point out is throughout this entire interaction of her like getting to the house coming inside the house kind of like she uses the bathroom she gets settled in her room and kind of like you know unpacks a few things uh there's like a big emphasis and there's a visual emphasis on her locking all these doors behind her so she goes to the bathroom she immediately turns locks the door she goes into the room mm-hmm. she turns and she locks the door so she's trying to do her best to make herself feel a little bit more comfortable around him and just in general safer she doesn't want to get cornered right yeah the movie does a good job of establishing tess as a she's a she's a competent uh uh, protagonist in, in a horror movie it they're not trying to like um She's no ditzy girl who, you know, is completely unaware of her surroundings. She's she's on edge and I think yeah, she she's a real person in this movie. Yeah, she's she's got she's got reasoning skills. Um she she knows she's in a tense situation. You know, she's she's taking precautions. So, uh that's always good to see. We love when that we love that in a horror movie. Who doesn't? Um and so she, to go back to the story, uh, she, so she's comfortable enough. Uh, she, I think she has like one more kind of like awkward, like it, not awkward, but like a, t- it was tense to me. It might not have been tense for Tess. Um, but, but like when, uh, Keith comes back in like one last time to like say goodnight to her, they're like kind of flirty with each other. And I was, wor- I was, I was worried that it was going to be a situation where he was going to try 
and like make a move because he thinks now that he's earned this trust now he gets to like fuck her i thought that because you know we don't really know where this movie's going or what it's going to be about so i'm like oh and now here's the turn where he feels like he's earned the uh the sex (laughs) and yeah the laundry finished so he's trying to help her, like, show her, like, yeah, this is how you put on a duvet cover perfectly. So it works every time. And he's doing this, like, goofy act. Oh, dude, I actually learned from this movie. I'm going to I'm gonna do that duvet trick the next time I have to put on my duvet cover. <laughs> but they pretty much finish making the bed. And uh, there's, like, a hesitation between the two of them where it's kind of like they were kind of being a little, like, goofy and A little cute. But, like, maybe he read it wrong, and then he's like, all right, uh, well, I'm going to sleep on the couch, uh, see you later, and luckily leaves. Yeah, it was it was very, it, again, I, I don't know if Tess was as tense as I was at that point in time, because she felt more comfortable around it because of their conversation. But I'm over here in the audience going, like, I don't know, I wouldn't let your guard down, lady. Um... Uh, it's it's it, it really is a beautiful so just like well written expertly acted it's so tense and uh since we're in spoiler territory i will just say keith is not the villain but he's he's not the bad guy he's just an he's just an actual normal guy N- nothing wrong with him he's not up to anything creepy but this opening scene just like it is so uh, uh like uneasy feeling it, it's just i it's really hard to describe how uncomfortable it, it makes you feel and even looking back at it now it still feels that way in my mind which is which is crazy even knowing that keith is just like a regular guy and he's not up <laughs> it's almost like a, a secondhand cringe because you're like Ooh, what do you ooh, don't say that ooh, wait, uh, maybe get out of the room uh, leave her alone uh, just go to sleep like please stop you're making me and everyone and her uncomfortable yeah yeah exactly um but yeah so the the tess and keith go to bed for the night um and then at some point during the night a uh, tess wakes up because she hears like a a, a, a creaky no you know spooky creaky noise uh and she like wakes up and and sits up there and the door to her bedroom is open uh and then she like hears sort of like a a running like you know foot footstep sound um yeah there's some there's some clear movement happening yeah there's there's clearly some movement going on in the house but like the angle like, from where she's laying in bed and, like, the door creaked open just enough, you can see that, like, Keith is still completely, like, asleep on the couch. Yeah, he's having, like, some sort of night terror or something, almost. Because uh, she 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 gets up out of bed and then walks out of the bedroom into the hallway and then into the living room uh, where Keith is sleeping. Uh, and it looks like he's just having some sort of, like, terrible, terrible nightmare. Uh, and she goes to like wake him up and like scares the shit out of him. Like he's he's visibly upset, like and scared that she like r- roused him from slumber. He's very definitely having 
art school flashback nightmares. Like, <laughs> he's having art-based stress dreams. <laughs> yeah, he's having a, he's having a rough time. Uh, another thing that makes you go like, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe Keith's got something strange going on. Um, but then you get actually, then she, she just says, ah, whatever, I guess I'll just go back to sleep. She makes sure, she like asks him if he opened the door and he's like, no, I didn't open the door. Yeah, you almost have like an inverse of the, the evening preceding, uh, kind of interaction where she like wakes him up and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you waking me up? Like you scared the shit out of me. And she's like, ah, uh, uh, sorry. And then goes back to bed. And then she's the one in bed, like, oh, my God, why did I do that? I made myself look stupid. Like, I made myself look like a total creep. Like, uh, you know, almost the the exact opposite of what they just went through. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a lot of that in this movie, a lot of mirroring um, and replaying situations from different points of view. Uh, But yeah, so so Tess ends up going to going to bed. Uh, and you get this just, I, it's it's nothing crazy, but it was like a little fun, fun shot where she like lays down and she's like facing the camera. And then there's like a quick like snap cut to like, now it's daytime and she's like rolled all the way to the other side of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I, I just thought it was a really funny shot. Um, and yeah, so, so it's the next day, uh, Tess goes for her her job interview i think like she talks to keith like she finds a note right she she, she sleeps in she, right she right a little bit she's like fuck i gotta go and then on her way out finds a note from keith like you know good luck in your job interview p.s i had a great evening last night and also it says like i'll see you tonight and i'm like wait so you're just gonna continue we're just going to keep the situation going. Like everyone's assuming, Oh, Tess, Tess and Keith, we'll, we'll all just be back here tonight again, even though this situation's weird and fucked up. Yeah. They kind of like briefly mention it. He says something about like some medical convention in town. So like all the hotels are booked up. She calls a few of them in their interaction before she goes to sleep and determines that like, she's kind of fucked. She has nowhere else to go, nowhere else to stay. So her and Keith are just buddies for the weekend now. Right. And that was another situation or, or another another part of the movie that made you think that, like, oh, you know, maybe Keith is up to something nefarious because he says, oh, I, I checked and there's a doctor's convention. And it's like, well, Tess, did you check that? Because he could just be lying to just get you to stay in the house. You know, it was one another one of those things where it's like, I don't know if I believe that. But yeah, so like, uh, I mean, she definitely does, because when she's leaving this uh, job interview, she mentions it to her interviewer that like, oh, hey, I'm staying over here. She's like, that's fucking crazy. You should not stay there. You should get the fuck out of there. And she's like, oh, well, there's a medical convention. Yeah, she does say it. You don't understand. You should not be there. Yeah, yeah, she has this interview with this woman who, I mean, at least it looks like the interview went well, but but like it, when she says, uh, "Oh, I'm staying in," I forget the name of the 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 sort of like borough that she's staying in. But once she says it, this this uh, character that she's interviewing with, her her like face goes like pale. She's like, "Oh, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be staying there. Like it's da- it's dangerous that you can't you you should not be staying there." She go and Tess is just like, ah, it's all right. I'm tough. 
Um, <coughs> oh, and we forgot to mention. Uh, so when we first are introduced to the movie, it, it's right in the in the dead of night, in the middle of the storm, when Tess pulls up to the house. She even says like to somebody that like she can't see anything. It's like pitch black. That morning when she leaves, she gets into her car and she like looks at the neighborhood that she's in and the house that she's staying in is like pristine. It looks really nice. Every house in the neighborhood is like in in shambles and not even like like, uh, <laughs> oh, they need to mow their lawn. Like there's houses that are like uh, half demolished. Yeah, collapsing. In uh, on everything is collapsed. It is a like dystopian not even it's like it's like a mad max fucking like neighborhood everything is destroyed there's clearly nobody living there at least nobody that (laughs) nobody that like actually owns any property or like nobody there has the deed to the to the property (laughs) nobody has house keys yeah it's just this one it's just this one pristine house amongst like absolute just wreckage and destruction. Like it looks like a tornado swept through and and it just missed this one house. So like it, and and I think that's actually like a really scary moment all by itself and it's a, it's a it's a rare daytime scare which are you know yeah, it, it kind of dawns on her in the light that, like, oh, wow, yeah, we are really out in the middle of nowhere here. Like, you know, there's... Yeah, because Keith, Keith does say, like, I don't know if you... He says, I don't know if you got a good look in this neighbor at this neighborhood, but you shouldn't be out there all by yourself at night. And I was like, well, I mean, how bad could it be, Keith? Because then I was against Keith because I didn't trust him. But then when you see this neighborhood, you're like, oh, shit, Keith was right. <laughs> But uh, so after the interview, she shows back up at the house and she's just kind of not really paying a whole lot of attention. She's in the car. She's starting to mosey on up the driveway. She's still kind of like looking around. Things are a little weird. And you see in the distance that there's some figure like sprint right and then starts yelling at her like don't go in there don't go in there hey ma'am hey miss hey miss get over here like and i forgot about that like towards the end of the movie i forgot about this whole thing and yeah it's and the shot is really cool because she's like in the foreground and way in the back it's super blurry you just see the figure move like sprinting at her and yeah, and he's calling her little girl, which is not gonna make her comfortable. Yeah, like somebody sprints at you and says "little girl," oh, like that's yes. not gonna make <laughs> that's not gonna make you feel Terrible. like you should stay outside and see what they have to say. No, I don't think there's a single person alive who would be addressed as little girl by a stranger and be like, "Yeah, you know what? I am here. I am. That's comfortable for me." Wild and wild still was the fact that she chose to run to the house and try to get the door open and get into the house when she had her her like, whole car she could have uh, just ran back into her, her car. whole her whole SUV was there that she could have just gotten in and left this situation completely and been just out of the movie because uh, as we'll learn the movie would have kept going even without her yeah you know what she could have just whoop and 
jumped up out of this movie and we still would have had Keith. Would have had more stuff to do without her. But I'm glad she stayed. I mean, she's probably not. But yeah, so she she uh, scrambles. There's like a really tense scene. This guy's like this mysterious figure sprinting at her going, little girl, don't go in that house. And she's like fumbling for the keys and trying to get them in the lock. It's obviously, you know, we know how <laughs> how tense sequences in horror movies go. She gets in now. Um, and she like calls the police. This is the first time in this movie she calls the police, but not the last time that they won't be of any use whatsoever. Yeah, no surprise being in the middle of the nowhere, Detroit, um, you know, in essentially the abandoned part of the city suburbs the cops are like yeah uh we don't we don't really have any available units so uh you're inside he's outside that's about as good as it's gonna get for you and she's like cool thanks for nothing yeah it's crazy and it's the it's it's one of those just really really like disheartening moments where you're like like in i mean Listen, it's 2022. We don't love the police necessarily, but like it, it sometimes in a horror movie, you're like, oh, if we, she could just get a couple though, like that would really help the situation. <laughs> Hopefully, it's just one of those extre- extraneous <laughs> situations where you're like, surely the cops will take this seriously, and it's like, well, no, they're busy handling, you know, the war zone that is Detroit, and by handling, I mean wildly mismanaging. Yeah. But that's a different day. Just, that's a different story yeah, for a different yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's a that's a di- diff- different podcast. Not we're not here to. Do, that's not our show. Um, but uh, so she's inside now. She's safe. She's kind of just hanging around. Ooh, I'm- I think she just hears something. Like she hears a weird noise. I, I you know like you do in every. <laughs> Every character in every, like, spooky house movie ever, she hears a noise that prompts her to go to the basement. And I remember sitting in the theater, and I I just, she, t- she like, looked at the basement, and I immediately was just shaking my head, like, mm-mm, don't, mm-mm, don't do it. Don't ever, don't ever, ever go to a basement if you can avoid it. Yeah, Curiosity Peaked is pretty much, like, the exact next step should be, hmm, that sounds weird. What's that? And then immediately leave. You have no obligation to figure it out ever. So Tess goes to the basement uh, and she's just kind of poking around. And eventually she finds a like a shelf that has like a uh, uh, there's a piece of rope that's going directly into a hole in the wall. A- another instance where you just go, nah, I'm not going to investigate the basement anymore. But no, she uh, she pulls on the rope and uh, it, it's like a, a it opens up a secret door next to her where like the 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 basement wall slides uh in or like you know opens inward uh into this just like pitch black hallway. Uh and this is another part where she does something kind of interesting, you know, I, initially she just goes nope. Yeah, <laughs> flat out nope. Uh, and she's sitting on the stairs for a little while, and she realizes that the door locked behind her. Now she's stuck in the basement, right? Her phone is in her room. She realizes that she can't use her phone, and that she also has the key to the apartment in her pocket. So even if Keith does show back up, in, in an immediate sense, he has no way of just like coming in and getting her out of the basement. Yeah. 
So she decides, well, what the heck? I'm going to explore this hallway. She does this like fun thing where she like gets this big uh, mirror and angles it so that the overhead light shines into the hallway. She's being pretty clever. Yeah, I was definitely impressed by this. I would not. I would not have been curious enough to uh, finagle together this like redirection of light via the mirror to illuminate the hallway. Like that was very creative. Uh, oh yeah, it was. It was definitely. It was definitely interesting, and it showed another you know showing of how she's like resourceful and she's not just like gonna gonna take uh, the horror movie scenarios lying down uh and so she explores the like mysterious hallway that shows up and like it's not even it's a pretty long hallway maybe like a couple you know like 20 feet long 20 foot long hallway she goes down right at the end of it on the left is this room you hate to see it uh just uh blank walls a shitty looking bed a bucket and a uh a tape recorder or 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 or, or like an old and yeah like an old uh VHS camera uh, camera on a tripod yeah just you hate to see it she knows exactly what it means right away there's like cuz she's there's no one for her to talk to but you see it on her face she knows exactly what this room was used for it looks like a room out of Saw. Yeah, it yeah, it really does. It's like a hostel or a Saw. Like, we all know what's happening in this room. She knows what's happening. Tess books it out of there. Um, she she tries to, like, break down the door, I guess, one more time, but doesn't work. But then she hears uh, Keith banging on the door. Uh, then she runs over to, like, the basement, the little window that's the ground-level window. She, like, bangs on it. Uh and then Keith uh, sees her, or hears her, which at first I thought was not going to happen. I thought he was just going to kind of be written out of the movie at this point. Like he'd go, yeah, I don't hear her. Oh, I can't get in. But no, he, he hears her. He like laughs because he's like, what are you doing down there? They like get the window open. He, uh, eventually she gives him the keys. He comes back down like around the house. He comes down to the basement. And this is like a, a, another like – and just breeze past uh, yeah. a, a, another instance of like the theme of this movie of just or one of them where just n- n- everybody dismissing uh tess like even keith who who has like a, a a pretty like solid connection with her like they they seem to have something together like she seems to like him he likes her but again, like she, she's like, oh, like we have to get out of here. Like there's a there, there's a secret room in the basement. It's it's clearly a rape room. There's a shitty cot. There's a bucket. There's a tripod. And he's like, it it was almost crazy to me that he would react this way, where he just goes, well, I I you know let me just go let me go see it, because to me it just sounds like so it it's just a room. It it's just a room with a bucket and 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 a, and a bed, like and <laughs> and it's like I mean, <laughs> I, unfortunately, I would have to admit if if she came upstairs and was like Eric, there is a a room with a bucket and a camera and a bed, I'd be like, well, I gotta get my peepers on that. Like, I definitely gotta see that. That sounds awful. No, I mean, I would obviously, yeah, we'd have to go look at it, but he's implying that it's probably nothing crazy. And it's like, no, Keith, 
Yeah, it's like, no, Keith, it's absolutely something crazy. Oh, yeah, he's fully what in denial. What are you talking about? <laughs> a, a room with a bucket and a bed and a tripod, and nothing good happened in that room ever. Not once. Am I, am I mistaken? Is there, like, some kind of disgusting, like, steel mirror or something in there? No. Uh, there's, there, the mirror, she did use a mirror to, like, you know, see into the room, or into the hallway. I, 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 I for some reason, I thought there was something reflective, like, in the room. Doesn't matter. But, yeah, but it, it's just another instance of, like, the, like, people, like, specifically men, just, just not listening to anything she has to say. And, and it kind of mirrors that, like, um the 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 whole like purpose of of, of uh uh writing of this this movie where men don't have to think about the world the same way that women do so keith keith goes ah it's what what i don't even that doesn't even sound that bad to me yeah which is crazy but like you know they have to exaggerate it for the for the story but like you know uh tess is just like what the fuck are you talking about? We have to get out of here. Uh, and, and people will continue to do that for the rest of the movie. But yeah, so Keith goes to investigate and Tess is just like, fuck no, I, I'm going to stay up here. You go look at it and then come and we'll talk about how creepy this is. Uh, and it was at this point of the movie that I noticed two really interesting uh, like movie making things. Um, just a quick note, like the camera direction in this is really great like from i mean the whole beginning of the movie is pretty good there's a lot of like kind of handheld cam feeling like over the shoulder shots where like right your perspective is kind of matching like a bounce and like um just a general stance that the characters right are you know assuming uh but this is where like the camera direction kind of like starts to get a little more um exaggerated and i this is where i start to see some of the comparisons to the like uh malignant in like you know that movie had like all sorts of crazy camera movement and like over the over the top like motion with the lens and you kind of get like a fun like transition from her like in the basement to going into the hallway and you kind of like lead in by following the flashlight and there's just like i I think they did it for a first movie this guy's definitely got a very good eye for the camera and like just style of capturing everything oh yeah he uh, well in that interview that that we watched he specifically mentioned his you know inspirations for this movie you know he said that uh the the audition was sort of the you know spiritual ancestor that's his quote um for for the movie but he also you know used psycho as like a basis for the uh, like kind of like unique act structure that this movie has um and he he cited uh drag me to hell or just any sam raimi movie for the crazy camera movements that's where his big like uh uh inspiration came from for the 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 movement uh in this movie was sam raimi which (laughs) it's hard to it's hard to argue with that um but yeah so keith keith is down in the basement now 
and she keep like Tess keeps calling to him. Only a couple minutes of, and now he's not answering. You know, he's in the he he's gone into this like hallway. He's not answering her anymore. And this is the point. Yeah, this is the point where I was like, okay, now she's gonna go in, and then Keith is gonna knock her out, and it's gonna be some sort of like hostage situation type movie. Uh, luckily we take it way like like almost going backwards left turn it's like the hardest left turn i've ever seen in a movie uh because tess goes into the hallway he's not in that room that she found she discovers a a second hidden door that opens up to a stairwell that just leads just straight fucking down in, in like for for who knows how long and it's like who built this uh, and she goes, she in for whatever reason, I guess she really does like Keith. She goes down into this, this heart of darkness and it, it, it becomes like a, almost like a found footage. Like it's so it's the camera angles are like the, the, the set is like so tight. You're in these dark hallways. There's like little alcoves with like cages that, have dog food bowls in them, but clearly women and or and men were in them at some point. Nightmare. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're human size. Like there were they weren't keeping Dobermans in there. People were in these cages, and uh, eventually she keeps calling out to Keith, and every once in a while he'll be like, you'll hear a very like distant <laughs> like, I'm here, help me, help me, <laughs> and you're like, all right, I I can't tell what Keith's up to anymore. Uh, and then eventually she finds him. She stumbles into him. Keith is like on his knees and he's like, he's like, what are you doing down here? Keith is crawling like a he terrified is, animal is. towards her. And she like has like a little flashlight. So he's like hauling ass on all fours. And she's like, what the fuck? Like totally takes her, you know, <laughs> by surprise. And he is terrified. He's in distress. He is like what the fuck is happening like oh my god i'm sorry i scared you but like we we just please be quiet and she's like no keith we have to get the fuck out of here she's like yelling she's very loud and he's like trying to calm her down stabilize her so that like clearly he's afraid of something and he mentions to her that like there's someone else down here and they bit me and she's like what the fuck oh yeah he does say that they bit me (laughs) i forgot that part which, like, okay, now running through your mind a hundred different things, like, all right, is, did he actually get bit? Is this, like, a setup? Is he, like, luring her into something? And then almost before you can even get a bearing on the situation at hand, here she comes down the hall. Oh, my God. And it is, yeah, and when we say she, this is, uh, this is Matthew Patrick Davis's character, uh, credited as the mother so you know let that title sink in for a minute uh it it is the best way i can describe her it's like if anybody has ever seen uh the original spanish version of the of record or uh the the giant granny scene in uh in it part two I, you know what? I should have thought about it part two because that is my favorite scene in that movie. But I will give you one better. Have you ever seen Castle Freak? Oh, it is Castle Freaky. 
Imagine oh, if Castle God. Freak has long, <laughs> saggy titties and Castle Freak stands like eight feet tall. So, like, these tunnels are pretty, like, narrow, but they're tall enough to f- accommodate, I'd say, an eight-foot person. She's, like, hunched over and takes up almost oh, the entire yeah. space. Like, and she is hauling ass, completely nude, disgusting, matted, like, yeah. raggedy. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, hair. or, like, um, the witch, the Blair Witch in that, like, 2018 Blair Witch movie. She she was like stampeding all over that movie too. Yeah, you, it's just this crazy giant n- naked, just like mutant looking woman, just comes just st- like barreling. stampeding, barreling, <laughs> at, you know, into frame from the darkness of the tunnel, grabs Keith, poor sweet Bill Skarsgård, and just smashes his skull against the wall like eight times so many times until he's until his like head is just mush in her hands and tess as if you slammed a watermelon against a stone wall repeatedly like just pulps this motherfucker oh oh my god it's it is it is the such a huge turn you're like what i was like what is happening who is this and Tess, like, you can see she just has, like, she's, like, stunned. And, like, right as she's about to let out a scream, the the, the movie cuts um, to, like, uh, Justin Long in, in a convertible in, what, California? He's in L.A. or something. He's, like, driving along, like, the, the fucking, yeah, like, uh... Uh, the the beach he he's just like singing the stupidest song i don't know what the what the song is but he's some ricky ticky tavy song i gotta look this up because i gotta get this in my playlist this song is ridiculous <laughs> but yeah he's like belting his heart out he's cruising he is, down he the is jamming coast. dude justin long is having just he's just hamming it up dude he's chewing the scenery on that highway and this is AJ. We're introduced yes. to AJ. So right off the bat, he's driving around. He gets a call. Uh, it sounds like a pretty serious business call. Um, yeah, it, through context, we we can figure out that he's some sort of film, either like he's a director or a producer or something. He's involved with like a television. I think he's an actor. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. He's he's like in in film to some level. Like he's involved in in the film industry, uh, and yeah. So he gets some sort of call, uh, and we quickly we quickly realize that it is a call concerning some legal matters. It seems that he's gotten himself in a situation where uh, either. I don't know if it's his agent or if it's some studio contact, but they're pretty much informing him that like, hey, you know, one of your co-workers, co-star, whoever she might be, is uh, alleging that he sexually abused her in some way. Um, and he's kind of in disbelief and it it's very evident right off the bat that he's not denying anything like he's like well wait what did she say 
I can't believe she said that and not I, I would have never done these things. It's completely untrue. So like you kind of get an idea that like maybe something did take place, but this is also taking him kind of by surprise and he very quickly focuses in on the fact that the project won't be going forward and if it does go forward, it will be without him. So he's far more concerned on the fact that he's fired and not that he's going to be yeah yeah sexual abuse not the fact that like yeah yeah he's not as concerned about the 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 actual issue at hand he he's upset that he's fired he even says uh because i i believe the actresses see i think he's a director of a tv show and because he says i even recommended megan like i recommended her to to for you guys to even hire her <laughs> um and he's just super just concerned with his own little world um it's all about him but it, it, he immediately yeah. makes it how it's affecting him and not not really acknowledging the fact that this girl is like clearly you know outing him as yeah some sort of predator right right he's getting he's getting weinstein me too'd um and for good reason because i do believe you know given the context we have for the rest of the movie that he you know did do something wrong um but it kind of falls into this like theme so to go back to like a that interview we read or, or watched you know with um with zach Krager. Uh, he he kind of compares so Tess and AJ who are kind of our main characters Keith unfortunately rest in peace Keith poor poor Skarsgård rest in peace Skarsgård he's out um uh uh Krager compares the two he I believe he said that they're Tess and AJ are two sides of the same coin I'm reading a quote now. He says, uh, the beginning of the movie is a woman desperately trying to assess threat and trying to determine if she's a predator or not. I read the book, The Gift of Fear, that informed all of this and woke me up to the idea that men and women coexist in the same space, but we share alien psychic landscapes. Men don't have to be assessing threat like women do. Um, And that is like very evident in AJ's character because he's, you know, and this honestly has been the case in a lot of um, these uh, real life accusations uh, towards like male actors and male males in positions of power where they think they like, I think AJ actually does believe he did not do anything wrong. He didn't rape this girl or, or, or anything but it's one of those situations where like he's in a position of power he but he he doesn't have to think about that you know he just doesn't think about it and he's just going about you know just kind of like fucking swinging his dick through the world because he's got no what does he have to worry about well he's got a lot to worry about now because the immediate <laughs> next scene is him <laughs> going to speak to his i guess financial advisor um who is pretty much telling him that he's fucked he you know doesn't have enough money to really fight off this uh rape allegation and 
be able to really feed himself. He says he's pretty much going to be out of money within three months at the rate he's spending. Yeah, yeah, because he says like, because he goes, uh, you know, the so my my lawyers tell me the uh, uh, the 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 case is going to cost me seventy thousand. And then there's the uh, there there's the suing that suing her for defamation, which is gonna be another seventy thousand. And he's like, and I'll definitely win that. He's like, he's like, I'm one hundred percent gonna win. It's that It's funny because it's it's not even again, it's not even like him denying the fact that he did anything. It's the fact that he's like, oh, I'll get away with it. Yeah, he even calls her. He's like, I'm definitely gonna win. I'm gonna beat that bitch. And the 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 financial advisor is like, ugh. And so the yeah. the dude is like, I regret to inform you that you're going to, I'm going to be giving you your files back. And he doesn't even know what that means. It's such a funny scene because he's like, well, what, what does that mean? <laughs> and he's like, uh, you're going to need to find new representation. <laughs> <laughs> like he's never been, like nothing bad has ever happened to this dude before. It's so funny. But uh, I think the important part of this scene is that the financial advisor pretty much informs him, like, hey, you know, you have this property in um, Detroit. Yeah. You should you should consider, you know, Liquidating. maybe relocating and uh, selling off your huge mansion out here in California because the market's not moving out there in Detroit. Like, your your ability to make any money off this property is pretty much Pretty minimal, yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, so so that's where we learn that the house, the Airbnb that was being rented the, it, for the the movie up until now, was owned by Justin Long's character AJ, um, and so we get a series of events, just kind of innocuous stuff, just AJ traveling, you know, from LA to Detroit. Uh, he you know calls a number of people. He we get a scene where he. He meets up with somebody that he knows in Detroit. Um, yeah, it looks like an old hometown friend he meets out at a bar. And yeah. It's funny because, like, they've clearly had a few drinks, and his friend puts him on the spot, and he even tells him, he's like, look, I'm your friend. I'll believe whatever it is you're going to tell me, obviously. Like, I just need to hear it from your mouth. Like, what happened with this girl? And he pretty much just confesses to this guy. He's like, you know, I didn't rape her or anything, but, like, you know, yeah, we fucked. And, uh, she took a little convincing. Oh, you know, yeah, she, when he goes, we yeah, were she kinda, took a little we hanging convincing. Out, which, you know, made my fucking skin crawl. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, when he goes, <laughs> yeah, wait, he goes, he, I think, I, I you know, I, I'm paraphrasing here. I think the line is, he goes, you know, I'm a pretty persuasive dude. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, that's the, <laughs> that's the problem, man. <laughs> He was. He's like, I. Oh, yeah, I just. You know, I just keep going for it. You know. Yeah. He's like, when I when I zero in, I just keep I keep attacking until I until I get what I want, like shit like that. And it's just uh, like, oh man, oh and, you definitely you're definitely guilty. Yeah. Yeah. You can see it. You you can definitely tell now. He's guilty, but he doesn't think he did anything wrong. So he he ends his night. He goes home drunk. He uh, he ends up calling this this other actress or whoever it is that he's got this case with, and uh, after his legal team very specifically told him like, "Hey, you're not gonna contact this girl at all." 
So he <laughs> immediately gets drunk and calls her and leaves like a message, like apologizing and being like, you know, we could just sweep this under the rug. We could just put this behind us. Like, I'm not even that mad. Like, I'm yeah, not mad. Yeah, it's not even like, like, yeah, like no he – <laughs> It's not even like he apologizes. He he says, I'm sorry if, like, anything I did uh, offended you. Uh, I'm not even mad. Uh, let's, you know, it's like, it's like he, he is unwilling to accept that he did anything wrong. Um, and I think a, an imp- another important, like, thing before that, when he first gets to the place, he still sees, like, Tess and Keith's stuff there. And he, like, calls his, like, the, the Airbnb, like, I don't know, management like I don't really know how yeah, Air I don't I don't know how Airbnbs work when you own a property, uh, but you have like but how Airbnb works with it. But he he's talking to them and he's like, well, what do I have? Like, what if I have do I have squatters? And he's like, what about maid service? And they're like, well, maid service doesn't come until another booking happens. So and they there hasn't been so there wouldn't be any maids. And he's like, well, that's a stupid fucking. He's like, well, that's a stupid fucking policy (laughs) yeah we learned that it's been weeks between them uh uh keith and tess being at the house to him being there it's been a couple weeks yeah yeah weeks um and then so yeah so we get the scene where aj you know calls megan the the girl that has accused him of uh rightful probably rightfully so of raping her he sleeps off the 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 night wakes up the next morning so he's trying to like figure out how he much he can get for this place you know he's trying to liquidate everything he has so he he starts like measuring the square footage of the place and this is where we get one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie (laughs) where he he eventually (laughs) stumbles he eventually stumbles into the basement um and i think it's it might be because he hears a weird noise but he's not scared because why would he be? He's a man in this in the context of this movie. He has no reason to be at the moment. Um, and he goes downstairs and he actually finds like the same rope, like secret doorway uh, entrance thing. He pulls it. It opens it up. He sees the like mirror apparatus that Tess had set up earlier in the movie. Barely even like glances at it he's like oh oh, look at that and then he he finds the rape room he finds the room with the the recorder and the bucket and the mattress the room that clearly evil things happen in and the first thing he does is google he goes upstairs and he (laughs) he googles can you count (laughs) uh 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 additional basement rooms towards square footage when determining the value of your home. He's trying to figure out yeah. like how to add more value to the <laughs> square footage of his home. And so he goes on this like tape measure rampage. <laughs> where he's yeah. He's just... measuring like the entire volume <laughs> of the hallway. He's measuring the like rape room. And, and, and like, he's like with, knocking over the no video concern. He's knocking over the video camera. He he's not paying any. He sits on the shit bucket and just goes, "Uh, ew." But doesn't ever once stop to think like, "I wonder what evil deeds occurred in this room." He's just like, "Nah, let me just get the fucking just air." Blissfully unaware. <laughs> and then eventually he stumbles upon the secret door that leads even further down, and instead of being scared, 
he just goes, oh, shit. And you just see him lock that tape measure in. And he just – and also kudos to this tape measure company for having, like, a mile-long tape measure. Because this dude fucking yeah, – dra- he drags this thing for for what seems like miles. He, like, goes all the way down the stairs. And all this dude – all in, and Justin Long is selling it. <laughs> He's just fucking – I happen to have a tape measure in my hand right now because it was just on my desk in my room. And this is a 25-foot tape measure, and even this seems to pale in comparison to the tape measure he has, because these steps seem like they go down into, like, hell. Yeah. They just go on so forever. Far down. It's complete darkness, you can't see shit, and it's just, like, measuring forever. And he starts walking through the tunnels, still measuring, like, no concern, no fear, nothing to worry about. He comes across the, the, the human cages... And immediately he's like, what the fuck are these? But barely. And then but starts even measuring barely. out the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he, he, oh, he doesn't go like, oh shit, I'm scared now. Like the people were, he just goes, what is this? Eh, whatever. Keeps measuring. Dude just cannot, he's just, his eye of the tiger on like increasing the value of this property. <laughs> uh, and then he eventually stumbles upon like, there's a hallway where there's like a bright, like pink glow coming from like a room he walks into the room there's all these like blankets all over the floor it's just just like this ratty looking like bedroom there's a shitty old tv on the floor and it's playing this like how to breastfeed uh movie yeah some sort of bizarre like maternal educational video uh i guess for new mothers or expecting mothers but it looks like old it's like not it's not yeah uh, i guess current it's it's just it looks like something from the past it looks like something from the fucking 80s or 70s and so he like at some like he he finds that and then eventually he stumbles upon the mother you know uh she this huge naked giant lady saggy tit lady uh and finally, he's scared shitless. He's yeah, like, now, what in the ever-loving fuck? Yeah, yeah, finally, uh, eventually, he gets actually scared and sprints farther into the into this labyrinth of, of darkness. And then eventually, he falls into a pit, and then you see this big, like, iron gate, like, close on top of it. And then, like, the camera, like, pans down, and you see Tess, and she looks... <laughs> fucking like she's been through the ringer you know she's been in this basement in the darkness for weeks and she just like tells him to shush and that's when we get another like cut to a completely the movie like stops like like, the movie goes full stop like three times just just to go to a whole new movie that we're gonna integrate in yeah it's crazy and now we're in this sort of like uh you know uh, like Pleasantville, like, uh, um, idyllic suburb, uh, yeah, idyllic suburb version. looking, like everything's kind of glossy and like cherubic, you know. It's like that got that fifties sheen all, all over everything, where it's just like, oh, where look at this modern American suburb, uh, and we see the house that we've been interacting with this whole movie, but now it actually is part of this like green grass neighborhood with like all these identical houses next to it. Um, 
and we're following this guy. This is where the actor Richard Brake um, shows up. His name is Frank. So we follow this character named Frank. Um, and he's walking out of the house, right? Yeah. He's leaving the Yeah, house. he's leaving the house. He gets in his car. Um, and we just follow him, like, uh, over the course of, like, his day. It's a pretty quick scene. Uh, he goes to, like, a store, like, a general store. He asks the uh, the the, the uh, woman who's working there uh, it, where, like, the, the plastic sheets and diapers are. And, and so this woman assumes, I, a bit based on the time period, she assumes that he uh, is having some sort of home birth, I think, or like he says that he's, his wife is giving birth at home. Um, so she helps him like get all this stuff together for like a home birth. So you're like, oh, I guess this guy has like some sort of wife. Um, but yeah, she, she almost kind of like scoffs at him. She's like, don't you have a midwife? Like you're having a home birth. Like you should have a list of stuff for your midwife. Like, let me help you out. Like clearly you're some fucking idiot man who has no (laughs) idea to take care of babies. So let me point you in the right direction. You're going to need shit towels. You're going to need diapers. You're going to need, you know, all the accoutrement that goes on with having a newborn in your life. Right. But, like, I mean, you can tell right away that th- there's no way this guy has a wife at home waiting for him. This dude just, like, is bleeding creepy out, out of every pore. Uh, and so he does his shopping. And, you again, you get this really cool scene where you see him sitting, you know, profile in his car. And past him in the background pe- through the window you see this like woman in this like kind of like sundress uh, as she's like putting her groceries in the car and eventually she gets in and starts her car up and like at the same time he starts his and they he starts driving like and they're like a fair distance apart but like yeah, from she's, the like, angle out on the street yeah and you, he's like in a parking lot so yeah. like you have clear view of her she doesn't realize that he is, like, stalking her in his car. Yeah, and they, like, take off at the same time, and you can see that he's, like, clearly following her. Turns out he just she just, like, lives in his neighborhood. But he, like, pulls into his driveway, puts on, like, a, um, like, a electri- a electrician jumpsuit, goes to her house, and just claims to be from the... Uh, the electric company and he's got to like come in and test some of his some some of the the, the readings to I make think sure he claims he's okay. from the from the water company because water he company. goes into the bathroom to right. turn on the faucet right right he, water company he's like he claims to be some sort of official um which again th- this scene as well speaks to the theme of the movie of like e- like even women in their own home like can't even f- feel safe because like yeah, no, you know he uh, immediately disarms this woman's like suspicion because he's like oh you know i'm here from the company i'm i'm just here to mm-hmm. do some some checkups and make sure that you don't have any outages and she's like oh well hell yeah come right on in and he goes into the bathroom flips on the faucet so it makes it sound like he's doing something he like unlocks just, her window i guess assuming that so much he's attitude gonna... yeah he is like, he's like <laughs> he like flicks the shit out of that lock but i'm assuming that's gonna be his like you know point of ingress later when he's gonna come back and do whatever you know he's gonna just sneak into the second floor window (laughs) and and do something evil to her um and then 
the, he the, goes home, right? He goes home, but the creepy part is so he's clearly stalking this woman, but he goes home and you have this shot where he opens the door to his house and you can hear other women screaming. Yeah, and you get a look at the apartment of what it looked like in the or the house of what it yeah. looked like in the past, mm-hmm. and it's cool because it, now it has it's like very of the time. It's got like this hideous wallpaper all over the place, and uh, it it's just covered in like just I, w- I wouldn't say filth, but like it's just cluttered. Yeah. It looks like the type of person who's not concerned with what's going on on the first floor. Like he just walks straight to the back goes downstairs he opens the door you hear all these women screaming downstairs closes the door you don't hear a fucking thing yep and it's yeah and then it cuts to back to modern to to our our current you know uh real-time story uh so that's just like a little con context of the, the movie gives us like uh the the background of like this house or what might be going on here uh even though very still given what happens very little context uh so now we're back in the pit now right yeah yeah that's where we get back it it picks up right right from where we left off so we're back in the pit aj's freaking out he can't you know get a control of his breathing he can't get control of his reactions anything tess is pressed up against the wall like a fucking chameleon she's staring at him like shut the fuck up like you gotta you gotta calm down because if you upset her then she's gonna freak out and if she freaks out we're fucked like you gotta chill out and he's like what the fuck are you talking about what was that where am i who are you like what the fuck is going on and She's like, look, you gotta chill. You gotta stop. You gotta stop. You gotta turn off that light. You gotta chill out. You shut the fuck up. Yeah, she's really and... just like, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> and clearly, like, she's been going through something down here. She she already has a routine. She understands, like, to some degree, what she needs to do to get by moment to moment when dealing with mother. Right and which again mother shows back up. <laughs> again mir- mirrors uh, the the theme of this movie where she, so she already knows how to assess the situation and adapt herself to make sure that she makes it out of the situation alive just long's character uh aj who has never ever had to worry about that completely fucking bungles his way through the rest of the movie so mother shows up and it's it's a very you know tense moment because it's like all right what the fuck is she gonna do like where is she coming down here is she is she taking one of them away like what's going on and she starts kind of make these like noises <laughs> at this point where like you can tell she's trying to communicate something to them but like they don't understand her she's not speaking any type of you know reasonable english or any other language understandable yeah she's just kind of saying she's making sounds but not words and this is when Tess kind of briefs him. She's like, look, you got to drink it. You got to fucking drink this. She's trying to feed you. You got to fucking drink it. Just shut up and drink it. <laughs> yeah, she goes, just fucking and drink it. <laughs> and at this point, Mother starts lowering her hand down through the grate. Her fucking, like, six and a half foot arm. Uh, and she's got this really gross milk bottle. Oh my god, dude, the nipple it's on this like bottle is so fashion. bulbous, dude. It is disgusting. It's it 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 almost looks like a like 
one of those like chicken condom things where it's oh like my God. really short and it's like the the nipple wasn't designed for the bottle it's on so like the end of it's like over engorged and it's covered in all this hair <laughs> and it's just like no part of you is putting that in your mouth not in a hundred years and he's like no no way i'm not doing that and she it clearly upsets mother like mother's like no you gotta eat this like your baby you gotta eat and so she opens up the gate and she slams down and that's when you kind of get like a, a i think a better like scale of her size compared to these two Huge. because it's so close quarters and she's fucking enormous she's, she's gigantic like stocky or anything <clears throat> but she's gigantic she's got these long heaving breasts that like go down <laughs> to her fucking stomach and uh so she she kind of like nurtures tess a little bit and kind of like coddles her and tess is like yep i'm gonna drink this shit that's great thank you very much and she kind of like is staring at aj like hey man you gotta follow suit you gotta play along because otherwise you know we're both fucked and of course he doesn't just completely just you know can't get a grip of any part of the situation so <laughs> mother doesn't like that very much yeah he said he says or, or test says earlier when they're in the pit that like she like he, you know don't 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 like act crazy like don't get uh, excited like you just have to be calm <laughs> the mother does not like it when you're when you're not calm so at this point mother drags him right up out of the hole like with she like hops like up one hand hole, just like with no effort at him, all drags him out and uh i think he leaves the flashlight yeah, yeah the flashlight he drops it yeah drops. he drops the flashlight so and and mother leaves the 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 cage open you know the the lid to the to the pit she leaves it open so tess has like uh in theory has a a, a point of escape and this is when mother drags just along back to the pink room with the breastfeeding instructional video um oh and the it, that video <laughs> the breastfeeding video is one of the things that the woman gives frank in the in the flashback scene oh i she, didn't even pick up on that yeah it's that. the last thing that she gives she goes oh i got your diapers i got the plastic and she goes oh and you're gonna need this and she pulls a vhs tape off of the um off of the shelf and gives it to him and it's like a uh you know a video on <laughs> what to do with a newborn child so this is that video that, that he See, my he got. stupid my stupid critical ass was staring at all of the products on the shelves to see if they swapped them out for time appropriate products. <laughs> and like towards the end of the aisle where she does give them all the stuff, everything is swapped out, but I'm pretty sure they passed like some Tide Pods that I was like, that doesn't look they like didn't that. They didn't have Tide Pods back then. <laughs> oh man. No, yeah. So that's, that's the, like the last item that woman gives Frank is this, this breastfeeding video. Um, and that's the movie that's been that, that mother has just been presumably watching her entire life in this underground hellscape um, on repeat on repeat. So she drags Justin Long into this pink room with this breastfeeding video playing. 
and just proceeds to forcibly breastfeed Justin Long. And, you know, what a trooper, that guy. You know, he got shoved into that tusk suit. He got breastfed by mother. <laughs> like, he's willing to just take it for a, for a movie, man. He's clearly a very torturable actor. He's not opposed to being uh, put upon. <laughs> oh, he's for sure willing to take it because uh, in the interview I watched, he talked about how there was a deleted scene where after the breastfeeding, where he wouldn't he wouldn't drink from the breast. So mother catches a rat, bites its head off, chews it, and then baby birds it into his mouth. I mean that's like a that's a it's a fifteen second scene you could have spliced in that I would have had no complaints for it like yes yes baby bird that mouse head to him perfect so so we didn't even get to see it but Justin Justin Long went through an even even tougher uh, <laughs> scene than than we got to see I love that where they just completely like just do just, the grossest thing to an actor and they're like yeah we're just gonna cut that yeah like, cut oh, it thanks, I'm thanks, glad I, I'm glad I ate that rat head. Right out of that was right out of this no less than mouth. ten hours of production, dude. Oh, so cool. fucking funny, but yeah. So, uh, so we get this just gnarly breastfeeding scene, and it's it's uh, it, it's it's just so well shot because you never. It's not like gratuitous, you know. You just get enough uh, enough uh, uh, of all the like. The, the dirty bits to to know what's happening but it's very i think it's a very tasteful forced breastfeeding scene if you ask me tasteful is a very uh i, I wouldn't use the word tasteful uh because it's gross but <laughs> well you know some people like the taste wrong. of gross uh <laughs> but this is when this is when during this scene is when tess makes her her break for it she's able to grab the flashlight and uh, scramble she her uses way some roots for leverage and like pulls herself out of the pit yeah yeah she scrambles her way out of the pit um she kind of sneaks around eventually um mother stops the breastfeeding discovers that tess has escaped uh tess has made her way at this point back to the the actual the normal basement of the house you hear the mother screaming in the distance and there's like a very tense scene of like, can, can she get out? Tess like goes to the window that her and Keith opened earlier in the movie. She climbs her way out. You get the scene where you're like, Oh, you're like almost positive that the mother's going to grab her by the legs and pull her back in. But instead of getting grabbed by the legs, uh, the, 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 the spooky man from earlier in the movie that I had 100% forgotten about, uh, grabs her by the arms and pulls her out before mother can get her and you just see like you just get this shot of the house from like the ground level and you just see the window in the basement and mother's like fucking you know like we've said nine feet tall so it's just like her just like head and she's like hissing and making noises she like won't come out uh and the so this dude has a you know it's revealed that this 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 homeless man uh was trying to save Tess the whole time. He didn't want to, you know, assault her. He was trying to stop her from going in this house where this insanity exists. Yeah, and he kind of drops the hint to her, like, hey, you know, like, she's not going to come out until night, so you either get the fuck out of here or you're dead. Yeah, much. Ter like, terrifying, though, that she will come out at night. 
I, I, you know, it's yeah. one thing if she just exists in this underground cavern below this house, but so much scarier knowing that, like, at nighttime, the whole neighborhood is just, you know, fair game. This this haunting ground. Mother yeah. can just come out and just do whatever she wants. So scary. <laughs> but, uh, so <clears throat> he kind of tells her, like, look, you know, you got to get the fuck out of town. Like, I don't care who else is down there. We're not going to help him. I'm not going to help him. Uh, you know, he, this is where he drops the hint of, like, you know, she is not the worst thing in that house, which immediately you're like, wait, what the fuck? Else you're like, that? oh, my Excuse God, me. what else? What else, man? Um, I, I think it's pretty easy for most audience to connect like, oh, like maybe Frank is still around. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. That's the most um, e- e- easily drawn conclusion. So she starts she starts, you know, hot footing it out of the neighborhood she's just on foot she's disheveled she's dirty she spent weeks in the pit so she looks like you know the type of person who'd be hanging around in this neighborhood now she looks just as homeless as the guy who saved her <laughs> and she she finds her way to a gas station right and uh she gets a phone and calls the cops the cops show up and you know, she's explaining to them, like, look, like, I'm a woman that's been held captive. Like, there's another person in the house. You have to come help me. Like, there's uh, something killing people in there. Like, and the cops are looking at her like, bitch, you are out of your fucking mind. You are filthy, actively bleeding. You have no identification. We have other calls to get to where they're active shooters. Like, just, you're lucky that we don't haul you down to the fucking precinct and let you ride out whatever drug trip you're on it's palpable you can feel her desperation here and where she just wants somebody to fucking listen to her and and just somebody to help yeah and it's just a complete letdown they're like yeah well go fuck yourself yeah basically Uh, i think they do end up driving her over there though right to the house yeah and then they eventually that's kind of where that conversation happens is when she gets to the house and then they get like they're like we gotta go like and then they just leave her there like you don't have a key to get inside this house you don't have anything to identify the fact that you are supposed to be in this house at all like we're not gonna break down this door for you just on a on a whim that you're telling me some monster is hiding in the basement like it sounds insane (laughs) and they just treat her like a total piece of shit and write her off and drive away yeah, they just and leave her. They bring her back. The now. <laughs> yeah, they bring her back to the place that she started. Now it's later in the day. It's starting to be nighttime. And then they just leave her there. It's absolutely insane. But at this point, she it, now Tess goes into just uh, uh, fucking over it mode. She busts out the window. She climbs into the house. She gets all her shit. Um... And then she, like, is about to leave, right? And then she decides, like, she she can't leave AJ there. Which, you know, you, to her character, you're you're a great person, sweetie. Right. IRL, you're like, you're, that mother, fuck that guy. I don't know that fucking guy. Uh, <laughs> I will come. I, I will go ten towns over to find some sort of posse of monster slayers to come back and deal with this guy before I try and go down there and deal with it by myself. (laughs) 
Like, exactly. I'm calling the Ghostbusters, the Avengers, uh, oh fucking God. anybody who will answer to go deal with that before I deal with it by myself. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, she just but she's over it, man. And she because she was trying to her whole thing was like she didn't want the police to catch, you know, the mother or anything. She was like, we just need to help this guy. He's going to she's already killed one person. There's somebody else there. We have to help them. So she's been very altruistic this whole time. She wasn't even like, you got to save me. She was always just like, we got to help this other guy. Um, so she decides she's going to take it upon herself. She's going to head back into the basement. Um, so she she waits at the house until it gets dark. And then she starts the car. And then mother just jump scares, like shows up in front oh of the car. God, that's right. And then Tess drives the car into Mother and squishes her against the house. And it looks like you think, like, oh, Mother's dead. She's, like, flopped over the hood of the car. And that's when Tess goes down to the basement because she's like, all right, I already dealt with everything. But while this is happening, AJ's character is walking. He He's a, investigating the, the basement, and he finds a room that the mother won't go into and inside is Frank on like a life support. He's like on oxygen. He's laying in a bed. There's like fucking cans of beans everywhere. It's like a little like tiny, uh, like nuclear shelter that he's living in. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a poster of some sort with like a palm tree and an ocean view, which cracked me up. And this is where you find he, as uh, AJ's kind of exploring the room he finds like a bookshelf full of VHS's that uh. all have like women's names and uh. then the next video is just labeled pregnant and then there's a third video in the pattern that usually uh, is like some sort of either name or descriptive trait to what I assume describe the offspring that came forth Oh. And I got so grossed out because there's one tape where, like, it, you know, I don't know what the name was, but it was like, you know, something like Cheryl and then pregnant. And then the next tape was no teeth. And I was like, oh, I didn't even put that together that it was like some sort of sequence, like the woman he abducted and then like what he did to her. And then if there was the child, what was wrong with the child? Yeah, because, um, We'll get it happens later, but eventually we find out that like, and I mean it's pretty obvious. But basically, Frank was kidnapping women, bringing them down to this basement, having children with them, and then having children with those children. And it just became this. He just had this like incest brood of like basement gremlins that he was creating. Now AJ is down in the room and he sees Frank and Frank is like completely bedridden. He is like he looks like he could die like within a fart. Like he <laughs> he looks like just a, a just a wreck. <laughs> and he's kind of like signaling to AJ and being like, you know, like oh, like just he's kind of like pointing at like a, a a little side table thing on the other side of the room. And AJ's like, oh, like water? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like let me get you this water. And this is before AJ find the tape. So he's like trying to help him. And yeah, he he's like, I'm going to get you uh, out of here, man. He thinks he's kidnapped. Yeah, he, he, he puts the side table next to the bed 
And that's when he finds the tapes and he kind of turns on him. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like he sees what's on the tapes. He watches a little bit of one and he's like, you're a sick fuck. Like I what the fuck is going on down here? And that's when you realize that this entire time that he's been watching the tape, Frank has been rummaging through the drawer for a revolver. Yeah. And he pulls out a gun and now he's pointing a gun at AJ. Yeah, but, uh, and AJ, you know, at first is like, oh, well, well, you know, he holds his hands up. He's like, you don't have to do this, man. And then Frank turns the gun on himself because he knows, you know, th- th- this is it. E- either the cops are going to get him, mother's yeah, going to get him. AJ kind of threatens him. Yeah. He's like, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to, this place is going to be swarming with police. Like, you're, you're fucked. You're, you're, you're done. And then he turns the gun on himself, pulls the trigger. Uh, to his testament, AJ does try to get him to stop. You know, he tries to save both of them in this situation, even with the knowledge that he has. Um, but so Frank kills himself. Uh, and then the next time we see AJ, it's when he's meeting back up with Tess. Um, yeah, so Tess is kind of crawling through the underground past the, uh, the pink room to try and find AJ to help him get out of there. And she kind of sees like a bright light at the end of the hall. Oh yeah. Moving, and she's like, what the fuck is that? And then bang. Yeah. AJ we hear a gunshot. Stupid as fuck shoots her from down the hallway. So he mm-hmm. rushes down the hall to like realize, Oh shit. I shot the girl who came to save me. Like I fucked up. Right. So. And at this point I thought Tess was dead because the, it, her, her costuming, she had like a, like a, some sort of wound already on her forehead and I, at first I thought it was the it was a gunshot wound and I was like oh well he shot her in the head she's now she's dead now I have to just deal with Justin Long the rest of this movie <laughs> not that lucky no not that lucky uh, so, <laughs> so he kind of props her up and she's like I killed mother I fucking ran into her with the car like let's get the fuck out of here and he's like alright yeah let's go they get upstairs they make it all the way out to the porch and she's like oh shit like mother was on the hood of that car like she's gone and she ain't there no more out of here so she's like i know where we can go we can go over by the water tower that's where the uh homeless guy said he was staying and that we would be safe if we if we stayed there with him overnight so they hobble their way down there. He kind of like jump scares them out like on the other side of a fence and he kind of beckons them in. And, you know, this is when we kind of get a little bit more backstory on Frank. But I, it's kind of information that we already have with context clues. Yeah, you kind of glean the information a- anyway. Um, but it's where it, where the characters get their, you know, the, you know, description. Like every like everybody knows now what this guy was doing. Um he implies that there's other creatures that there's other you know kind of like mutant things like the mother we just i'm assuming they're running around somewhere we just don't see them in this movie Um, yeah i i'm not sure if there are any left currently but i think he kind of alludes to the the idea that like he's been aware of her for a long time he's been living in like this other like space down the block um and he's only been there for 15 years and she's been there like long before he ever got there Mm -hmm. and he says something along the lines of like yeah you know when you start making a copy of a copy of a copy oh yeah i love that line that's how you end up with that the mother creature that we have (laughs) this is 
probably the fucking craziest story beat I've ever seen. Uh, they're in this like kind of confined space. It's walled off by like what looks like concrete walls everywhere. And they're saying like, you know, like what are, are we really safe here tonight? Like what makes you think she's not going to come looking for us here? And he's like, well, I've been here 15 years and she's never come in here. This motherfucker then, is safe as hell. And then she and Kool-Aid she man through the wall. Oh my God. It's like the juggernaut and the Kool-Aid man. She, right through and this it's, fucking brick wall. Dude, it's it's telegraphed, but it's so funny regardless. He goes, she never set foot in here once. And then Mother just goes, oh, yeah, and just fucking blasts through the wall right behind him in frame. It is so fucking funny. And then she just proceeds to, like, rip his limbs off. Dude, and just to- and this poor guy, he was, and I feel so bad because he did nothing but help this movie. He was just trying to be good the whole time, and he got got he got a uh, he got Dick Halloran hard. <laughs> you know, he was just trying to help, man. Uh, and then we get like a little chase sequence. Uh, this is when Tess and AJ uh they managed they climb all the way up to the top of this uh water tower. Um, and, uh, Tess is like, she's, she's still got her gunshot wound. So she's like really slow. Justin, uh, Justin Long or AJ has long left her behind. He's like all the way at the top of the tower now. Uh, Tess is like, you have to use your gun shooter because you can see mother kind of like coming up the spiral stairwell. I'll oh, get this like bird's eye view shot of her. Uh, like scrambling, it's ambling crazy. up the side. It's so good. It's she's gross. Got, like, she's like hand over hand grabbing the railing and yes, like she's... leaning into the turn, crawling up. Oh, it's mother so is gnarly, dude. And so now we're at like the this is like the 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 height of the action here. She like Tess is like you have to shoot her, and AJ like goes to aim the gun down at her and just fucking drops it. Like it just slips right out of his fucking hands. Like his like he's fumbles it. So he's been hard. La- like he's been lathering in 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 like uh fucking Vaseline. Just drops the drops the pistol right off the side of the thing. Um. And then Tess, like, scrambles her way up to the top to meet him, and he's, like, he just goes, oh, and this is when, uh, we, we missed it before, uh, when they were around the campfire with, uh, with the, the homeless man, uh, AJ has this <laughs> yes. scene where he's, like, crying, because he wants to bring Tess to the hospital, because he feels bad that he shot her, and he says, no, no, I have to help her, I have to fix it, because, like, I... Maybe I maybe I'm a bad guy. I don't think I am. I think I'm just a good guy who did a bad thing. And he's like trying to work through like the worst possible time to work through your issues, man. When there's like a monster hunting you, but like he's he's trying to like get this group to like forgive him for shit that they know nothing about. <laughs> like like he raped this girl in L.A. and he's like clearly trying to get them to like agree that he's a good guy just be like yeah yeah you know what you are a good guy like he doesn't bring up the details of his issues but he's like right he but he's using what he did to test as like a as like a one-to-one you know Mm -hmm. with about the rape of this girl that he committed and so now that we're up on this water tower and now that he's confronted with like immediate definite death 
all that like whining goes right out the window and he's like i'm sorry it's me or you and he grabs tess and actually this is the part of the movie that lost me a little bit he like he tosses her off of the the water tower he goes it's you or me she'll she'll go to protect you because you're her baby because the whole time mother is just trying to like make these two people her her babies Mm-hmm. like she keeps calling them she's mumbling like baby baby like to them anytime she's interacting ba, with them ba, 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 ba. yeah it's really <laughs> creepy the actor uh does such a such a good job kudos to uh to, to matthew davis he did a wonderful job but so aj tosses tosses her off the side of this uh this water tower and you get this like kind of like bird's eye shot you it's like a tracking shot of like tess it's falling it's a fucking spider-man yeah exactly like she's falling and like gwen stacying up like her limbs are going (laughs) exactly tess is gwen stacy mother becomes spider-man dives does a swan dive off of it at towards the camera it this is the only part that really like I said, lost it for me because it's so clearly CGI. It, it looks so goofy. And the theater I was in erupted in laughter. Dude, like, throughout. it's but so like, When funny. this scene happened, they were like literally what the fuck just like, side splitting what? it's such it's so it's so out of out of context of the movie. But you know what? what I'll let them have it. It's not it's not it doesn't break the movie for me. Mother dives off, and what's revealed later, you get a shot of AJ. He's he comes down off of the water tower. We get a shot of Tess laying on top of Mother. Mother has clearly absorbed the 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 shock of the fall. Um, Somehow she, accelerated past her and got under her enough. To, well, when like, you do the Spider-Man dive you're air more aerodynamic <laughs> Tess was she was taking all the wind resistance because she was all spread out and flailing um this and, is like what a four-story fall five-story fall like it's it's pretty bad yeah but anyway so Tess lands on top of mother seemingly killing mother AJ gets down and he apologizes He's like I'm sorry I'm so sorry I'm so glad you're alive I had to do it though it's just you have to understand right you forgive me right <laughs> And, and then, he's got the gun with him now. Yeah, and he's still got the gun. And, he, and he's just still still begging for forgiveness, being like, oh, you understand, right? I'm not a bad guy. I had to do it. And then Tess is, like, coughing, and, like, she's, like, barely cl- holding on. And then Mother fucking sits up. Like, sits up. Uh, AJ falls backwards. She hobbles over. Mother hobbles over to him, lifts him up by the head off the ground, and... In a scene mirroring mirroring uh, what I believe is Justin Long's uh, horror debut, uh, just mm-hmm. thumbs his eyeballs out, Jeepers Creepers style, and then the camera does a, like a real quick turn to behind AJ because they clearly didn't know how to show as mother, like I'm, what what seems to be just prize his skull open in half. Like a book. Like a book, yeah. Yeah, storybook style. Just cracks his head open and then just drops him and lets him go. And it is uh, so brutal. Again, you can't... uh, uh, Justin Long losing his eyeballs in lots of horror movies. I love it. Uh, 
Pretty satisfying death. So satisfying. Oh, it feels so good that he earned that death in this movie. And then... Yeah, especially after all the sniveling, like, right at the end there. Yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. And then now we're on the come down. Mother, uh, you know, crawls her way back over to Tess, kind of, like, uh, puts her in her arms, and she's like, baby, baby. And, like, at this point, you know, Mother's not really... I mean, she's not really a villain, you know? Like... Frank was clearly the villain. Mother is obviously dangerous, but not really to Tess. Um, this but... is to me where like the comparison to Castle Freak like really hits mm-hmm. because a they look exactly alike. They B do. there's pretty much just as much titty play in Castle Freak as there almost is in this movie. almost as much yeah. And it, it's it's like the same type of character. It's like this weird human esque character that was locked away and tortured for their whole lives and they don't know how to interact with anyone else around them unless it's through violence yeah it's a frankenstein's monster kind of kind of character so she's trying to convey like hey i protected you see like i i saved you from the bad guy and she like picks her up and she she does this thing where she kisses her mouth and she puts it on tess's forehead and Mm -hmm. tess is like it's very sweet and she's like reaching for the gun and -hmm. she's slowly getting it a little closer and she picks it up and she like just barely puts it to um to mother's head and like mother has no clue what's going on she doesn't know what the fuck gun is yeah and she blows her fucking brains out straight to the credits too it goes blam and then the second that sound hits it's right to credits and it's just such a brutal like and then and then some credits roll then we cut back to tess as she like uh uh limps her way out of this detroit suburb um all while uh won't you be my baby plays or something like that is that the name of the song yeah such such a great music cue i was sitting there for a couple seconds not even realizing what song was playing and then the chorus hit and i was just like oh what a good choice like fuck And and that's it. And so Tess Tess makes it out, uh, despite every man in the world making it as difficult as possible for her to get through this movie. <laughs> and man, I I loved this movie. Just I think it's 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 so good. The the story structure is like so bizarre. I love the constant like stopping and starting introducing new characters while we leave old characters just hanging it's so compelling it makes you want to just like stick in with it just because you're like well eventually we got to go back to those guys right uh it's just uh so strong it it does a a, i think a perfect ratio like you said of kind of like baiting the audience back into like oh well what the fuck is gonna happen next like like why are you showing me this new set of people like i need to go back into the hole and see what happens like you almost want to go back down into the tunnels yeah you know and it's it's so it's so compelling for the for the reason that um that the director the uh krager um pointed out you know the movie starts with tess going through a set of circumstances that is a you know a sort of a trial for her and then you have uh 
Justin Long's character, AJ, goes through this um, the same set of circumstances just from the inverse lens of, you know, the, the male gaze. And it, it's just, they both have to kind of go through the same thing. And, and it's just all, all culminating to how, because AJ hasn't had a lifetime of preparation to deal with these circumstances, he just fails the test, gets his head fucking story booked open and Tess is the one who makes it out. It's, it's such, it's such good storytelling, just like wall to wall from beginning to end. It's just so solid. Uh, It's, it really is a treat of a movie. I I can't believe how good this was. I, I, as I mentioned, kind of up top had a rough theater experience. Most of the theater was just talking and laughing throughout um and that definitely colored like my experience with the movie is a little bit more humorous like if i watched this alone at home i would have thought it was like a way scarier movie just because i would have been able to suspend my disbelief and like hang out in that space and just be a little bit more creeped out but i i think it it's one of those movies where like one little tweak in any direction could have changed the tone of this movie like entirely like if they had a different character to play aj if they had like a different score at some points like just these little tiny things that really like ride the balance of like humorous and terrifying and fucked up it just like crushes it Mm -hmm. uh touch back on the score uh this the music in this movie was uh it was composed by anna drubik who uh, composed the music for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and Fear Street 1 and 3. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. So Very she nice. knew what she was doing with the music. And the music in this movie understated, but it, it very effective. I And when the music does kick in, it's really, really effective. It's not like an overpowering... Like, the music is not like a, a character in this movie all by itself, like in some movies, but when it's there it really adds to uh to the film so it's it, she she did a really good job so kudos to her um i guess uh yeah well yeah so it seems like we both enjoyed it i i'm assuming you give this one a a, a, a thumbs up a recommend the the, the listeners yeah, should I, check I, it out if I, they I'm haven't already if you, if you made it to the end of this and you hadn't already seen it in theaters or seen it at all i would recommend if you can go see it in theaters it is fun go see it on the big screen go see it with the big speakers uh just try and go find a time slot where maybe the whole theater isn't full of morons yeah always well i i actually suggest taking that advice anytime you go to the movies um i and i guess i'll uh i'll I guess we can uh, we can close out, uh, and I'll I'll send us off with uh, one more like fun tidbit that I got from the director. Um, apparently, uh, c- you know, clever YouTube commenters um, told the director that he was smart because in the movie the house on Barbary Lane um what that the characters the Airbnb they stay at it, the house number is 476 uh 476 was the year that Rome fell to the barbarians just a wild thing to know off the top of your head like as uh, a YouTube comment yeah and 
<laughs> f- funny, funniest thing is that the director uh, had no idea uh, uh, about that at all. Has nothing to do with why that house number is that way. Just a random coincidence. Also, uh, barbarian. The word is also an anagram of Airbnb, which is insane. Like the fact that he didn't know that and it works like that is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, the title was just uh, he uh, to quote him. He just needed to name the document to save it. Uh, And that's how the movie got that title. And it just stuck. (laughs) Uh, I think this is a fantastic execution. The trailer was perfect because it gave us pretty much nothing which is exactly what i want from your trailer i want you to give me a trailer that makes me go "Ooh, what's this and then know nothing about it yeah it, uh, it, it, I, it was it. it was it, it was solid wall-to-wall great movie high recommend um do you uh do you want to still continue with our uh with a uh recommendations for for non-barbarian related stuff yeah, I have I have one. You got um, you got a recommendation for this episode? Yeah, so uh I have been uh checking out an app called Retro Crush TV. It has a bunch of like old like retro anime and uh just a bunch of kind of offbeat stuff that's like not really particularly mainstream or has like a home on any other streaming app. And I've been checking out specifically a show called uh, AD Police. Okay. Uh, It's a prequel to a different show that more or less involves a bunch of chicks in giant uh, robot suits fighting giant robots. And it's super brutal. Um, It's very gory. It's kind of – I think it's made in either the late 80s or like super early 90s. Um, it's a three-part thing, uh, so you really don't have to sink that much time into it, uh, but what's cool about AD Police, and what to me makes it horror over, like, the sci-fi genre that it usually lands in, is it's just fucking gory as hell. Like, Mm. you have a universe where usually these things are being fought by, like, you know, robot chicks, but in this prequel it's pretty much just regular Joe Schmo police guys. So they're just getting fucking brutalized and ripped apart start to finish. Uh, it's, it's got a pretty good score. The animation holds up really well. Uh, I just think it's, it's, it's kind of a, a slept on, slept on title. I definitely check it out. Retro crush is like five bucks a month. It's like nothing. I might have to. Uh, and I'm pretty d- sure you can d- get like, a free trial and check it out. Okay, yeah, I'll. D- you know what? I'm gonna take take that recommend, and I'm gonna check check that out. Uh, probably this week sometime. Uh, for me, uh, my recommendation is nothing new to you, Eric, but to the listeners. I'm gonna say I've been I've recently embarked on a quest to read every Stephen King novel, and I'm not that far into the quest. But I have read uh, his first three novels. I've read Carrie, Salem's Lot, and The Shining. And I recommend for anybody who hasn't given his novels a shot, if you think you know Stephen King's stories because you've seen all the movies, uh, I I highly recommend you pick up those uh, those early books. Carrie, Salem's Lot, The Shining. 
is a perfect trio. The books aren't that long. They're not connected at all, but you you really get a like great grasp on like the building blocks of Stephen King, like where he came from, uh, how his writing became so prolific because those three books, man, are just th- uh, thrill rides. They're so good, so scary. Uh, uh, and the honestly, as famous as the the film adapta- adaptations of those books are, they don't even like hold a candle to the stories uh, on those pages. It's so good. If so, my recommendation is read some Stephen King books. You know, if you've seen the movies and you like his movies, even if you're not much of a reader, Read Carrie. It's like 200 pages. You'll blow through it in a week. It'll be fine. Just give it a shot. I'm going to piggyback on that. If you don't want to read it, get the audiobook. They have an audiobook version that's narrated by the woman who played Carrie in the original movie, and it's fantastic. Sissy Spacek. Great job. Yes. yes. Horror horror legend. Yeah, so that's my rec. Check out some Stephen King novels. Re- either read them, listen, pick up the audiobook, get a free trial to uh, Audacity or not Audacity. What's the uh, the Kindle uh, Audible? Yeah, get a free trial to Audible. You get like a couple credits. Pick up some Stephen King books. They're so good. Uh, Pet Cemetery I hear is really good. You got a uh, Dexter um, <laughs> reading that one. Yeah, I listened. I listened to that one too. It's pretty good. He does uh, lots of fun accents uh, that. I, I think he does just just fine. Just just acceptable enough to to, <laughs> to to stick around. Yeah, so so there you go. Uh double quadruple thumbs up from Matt and Eric for Barbarian. Definitely go check it out. Um and uh as far as our uh, other recommendations from me, go read a Stephen King book. Uh and Eric, your recommendation ad police ad police go, go see it and what episodes you'll be done under two hours what's the name of the app you can get a free trial for it uh retro crush tv yeah retro go check out retro crush tv get a free trial for that get a free month of audible and have a have a great week until our next episode <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you for uh, tuning in to the devil's cut podcast uh thanks for listening and we'll uh catch you guys next time